Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Yo, 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 welcome back and what's poppin'? You're listening to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got the fam with me. Holla at your people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on? I do. And my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at the people, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we have an epic show in store for you today 2022 values and sleepers this is where you get the job done this is where you take care of those middle rounds that are normally and late rounds that are normally confusing and you're just kind of going for names that you know versus going for those guys that can end up bringing home the championship that's what this show is going to be all about today of course we got the news and notes that you can use things that have happened over the past week we'll kind of give our opinion on that um, and kind of go from there but keep in mind get your 20 percent off at manscaped.com plus free shipping with promo code fiends f-e-i-n-s i promise you the lawnmower 4.0 is like that best trimmer i've used ever waterproof no nicks for those sensitive areas no patches trust me she'll love it too and your balls will think go hook that up it's it's, it's necessary it's, it's it's time to step our game up fellas all right if you're looking for us on our social media sites join us on facebook at the fantasy football fiend family facebook group instagram at fantasy football fiend and on twitter at fantasy underscore fiend if you're looking for promos advertisements all that kind of good stuff fantasy football fiend at gmail let's go ahead and hop right on into your news and now your fantasy news Let's rip the Band-Aid off and uh, get this Deshaun Watson thing out the way. So we end up with an 11-game suspension, $5 million fine, which is uh, the largest fine by a great deal as far as the NFL has levied against a player. If you guys remember just a few short weeks ago, I told you that uh, there's no way the NFL would not have him back by time for him to play against Houston. That ends up being his first game. And then I want to say last week, week before last, I said that the suspension would probably end up being somewhere between 10 to 12 games and it's smack dab at 11. So I'm glad we finally have a nail in that coffin and we can move on with life. What say you? It's definitely good to just finally have an end to this whole uh, ordeal. There's no more what if, what's going to happen, no speculation. We have the gains. We have the fine. We know where we keep coming back. Let's get back to football and just Absolutely. you know, just get rid of this this cloud that's been hanging over the football offseason the whole time. So I'm just glad to finally have everything over. I was going to say no comment, 
<laughs> what I what I say instead is that I hope he and for his publicist, whomever, really kind of attack this narrative to where when he does come back, that no, like everybody can think he's empathetic, that he's put this behind him, all this like that. Because a lot of the news is just like people are bashing him, like oh he doesn't take it serious or that he's not being adamant enough. So I hope when he seeks this, you know, I think a part of his therapy as well, like he really comes out on the other end, you know, with the right publicist and marketing i know i sound fucked up like i don't know because yeah he's accused of doing go about it the right way and hopefully you got somebody in your 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 team to kind of push that narrative along for you too so it can be just about football i say going forward you shut up and play football and don't keep your hands to your damn self and everything will work out just fine (laughs) (laughs) baker mayfield is expected to be named the week one starter for carolina there was a little battle going down going on down there for a minute it looks like baker mayfield is one out is this unexpected or is it kind of pretty much what you thought was going to happen seemed like in the camp battle uh it was pretty even it's kind of expected they already have an idea on what donald brings to the table they've seen a whole year of footage on that and being that it was more even i felt it was the right thing to do to go ahead and give the nod to baker so i'm not really surprised here being that Donald didn't really take off and show that he was a whole lot better than uh, Mayfield. So I can see it going this way. I feel like he just got better and better from training camp and it kind of correlated into preseason. And for what you got invested on him, you have to give him a season to, or not even the season, start off the season to seeing what he has. Just like like we said before, Sam Darnold is always going to pass the short test. He did fare pretty well in the preseason game, but that's always as expected. Seems like when the bullets is live, it's just a, a different perspective. And for him to not play well without CMC, it was just like, I don't even trust you like that if you can't even play good without, you know, having a player his caliber, though it does help. Looks like James Robinson is going to be ready to go for week one. On the opposite end of that spectrum, J.K. Dobbins looks like he's going to be uncertain for week one. What do you guys think that this means for the prospective teams being the Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens? Oh, man, I think pretty much as expected. You know, it's one of those situations where you have to really save these players from themselves. Speaking on Dobbins, uh, I think he feels probably good physically, but it's going to be one of those situations where the Ravens are going to move him in slowly. Uh, So I could very well see him not playing right away. If so, only receiving a very small amount of carries. He hasn't been playing football at all in in about a year. So not only just being physically ready, but getting your legs back under you, getting back into the, you know, the game speed and things of that nature. As far as, you know, the Jaguars, Again, I think James Robinson may be feeling good physically, but I think he's probably going to be a year away from being kind of back to where he is. You don't see guys tearing Achilles and come back next year balling. I think that's a, an injury where you don't see them go back to the old self to an additional year. So I think he's going to be a whole another year away from seeing the James Robinson of old. But him coming back definitely takes a dent into a guy like ETN moving forward. I kinda, I'm kind of i agreeing with Vander today. I think he's – I would say he's good to go week one, but I think just like I said, perspectives, how much of a commitment they put into this kid and relative to what they're going to have to pay him, this is they're going to slow grind this one and kind of bring him back. All the additions they made to this team, this is a, a championship kind of contending team in my personal opinion, and he's going to be asked to do a lot once when healthy, and I think that's the whole point. You can start off the season without a player his caliber as long as you guys can pull it together towards the end. And then as far as James, you know, his recovery has been pretty good. But like Vander said, like somebody who's already not heavily explosive as a player, and then you coming back from that type of injury in the mid to late part of the season, 
it's really hard to say that he's going to be himself. So I agree with Vander yet again in that point. For him to go through these phases, being off the pup and everything else, he's still going to be uh, utilized quite a bit. But it does, to me, dampen my thoughts of him, knowing that he's not that agile and fast of a player to begin with. Matthew Stafford said on Wednesday that his right elbow feels good and he's right on track. I know there's been a lot of scuttlebutt going around that Matthew Stafford may have some issues with the elbow. Looks like there's a little bit of tendonitis. He had a procedure a little earlier in the offseason to try to clean some of that up. He's indicating that he's on track. You would have hoped that by having that done so early in the offseason that you wouldn't want to have the pain anymore. But according to him, he's right on track. So I'll take his word for it. He's one of the toughest quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't see him missing any time or having any ill effects based on the what's being considered elbow soreness. No, nah, not at all. I'm not really concerned about anything. Like you said, it's Matthew Stafford, one of the toughest SOBs. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> in the league. So a little bit of pain in him. He's gonna play through it regardless. He's gonna play. Right. I mean, so whether he feel pain or not, he's still gonna be out there. It's all right to be really shot for him not to play. So I'm not really concerned about it. I think you should draft him per usual. And it did Agreed. come out that he um was dealing with this all through last season and you saw how that turned out. So that's about how worried I am about him. Miles <laughs> Sanders, Miles Sanders uh, out there in Philly, he's missing his third practice due to a hamstring injury. Now, Miles Sanders is one of those guys that tends to get nicked up. He seems to stay in the doghouse in Philly, although he has pretty good talent as far as uh, you know what we see on the field. I'm not exactly sure what the deal is with Sanders, but here it is another, you know, couple weeks before the season starts and yet another injury so you know i think joe will tell you a little bit of how that's going to affect the backfield a little bit later but y'all got anything specifically on sanders oh he just better be watching his back i mean a guy like gainwell has been receiving those first team reps for a little minute now so right i think he's one of those guys that people need to be aware of actually drafting due to not you know the uncertainty of the touches and you know the share uh, and he has standalone value uh, even if sanders isn't hurt right i think this is one of those things where each other he definitely has somebody behind him waiting the wings this one i think he need a change of scenery man it's, i like him a lot like just i was maybe it's a bias being from up north and, you know i really liked him as a player but he just can't catch a fucking break man i it really i get agitated because i think he's a really good kid he he has the propensity but we know how the nfl is you could be at your peak and then next season you just a regular you know regular old schmo so this just in Brees hall 75 yard td run versus the falcons doing their scrimmage today so he's doing Brees Hall type things. Um, looks like that mm-hmm. replacing of Makai Becton with Brown is going to work out just fine. So if you had any worries there, Brees is going to be Brees. Um, lastly, we got Geno Smith with a knee injury. He's doing decent. It doesn't seem like anything too serious right now, but he was sitting on the sideline after the preseason game you know, with a uh, bag of ice on his knee. You can tell he was a little banged up. He was 10 of 18, no touchdowns, no interception. It's kind of a Geno Smith kind of stats. I mean, not horrible, nothing that's, you know, outstanding, just holding in the road, you know. The Seahawks in trouble this year, man. I mean, I just For real. Like, let's just let it be what it is. They don't have a signal caller. They'll be one of those teams looking for one next year. Or maybe the kid out of Alabama, you know, something like that. They they'll be looking for a quarterback next year. Like 
It's not going to get it done. Um, a guy like Gino, who doesn't threaten you vertically, he's he's not going to turn the ball over, but he's not going to do anything to help you win games. And then Drew Locke, who who can throw it vertically, is just going to throw bad balls. So, I mean, right. it's just like one of those <laughs> right. things where, like, they're going to run the ball a lot this year, for sure. Like, But will it be effective? T- until someone get hurt. The, the starting running back, he has a little injury history. And then now we see the rookie they drafted. He just – now he's having a, a hernia surgery. And they said something else was going on with him as well that didn't have anything to do with the hernia. So he had a couple of different things going on. Yeah, man. It's going to be an interesting season for them. I think they're setting themselves up to get the uh, quarterback that they kind of need. So I was going to say I'm glad we all understand what the assignment is. (laughs) Not only are we going to have the draft capital to get the quarterback that we want, I think we're going to have over $70 next year. You mean salary cap? I'm just saying. (laughs) It was a time that we needed to, you know, load up. Let the tail be trolled, but I don't think we're going to tank. But we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be modest. I think we're going to be probably an eight and eighteen. Oh no, you won't have to tank. You're going, you're going to lose the the regular way. You, you know, no one's going to have to play your coach. None of that shit. <laughs> I actually like Locke, but I think this battle is a little bit weird because Locke had COVID and then now he has a knee injury. I don't think it's going to be a fair decision either way. I don't think either of them makes us a playoff team, but I think, like you said, it's going to leave us modest in the footing, you know, as far as the NFC West. And that pretty much wraps up your news. Let's get into these values and sleepers for 2022. All right, good people. So our goal today is to shed some light on a few players that we think are going to outpace where they're currently being drafted. And in many cases, they could become the staple of your team, especially if you are in more active leagues where there are trades and things of that nature that go on. And you're always looking for value and looking to get your return on your investment. So we are going to show you how you can go bargain shopping and come out looking like you just left Neiman Marcus. Ain't that the name of the store? I ain't never been there. I'm assuming that that's where the rich people go. Is that the name yeah, of the store? They go to Neiman. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you look like you just left out of that spot, but you actually just left the consignment shop. Same shit. Same clothes. Same, same value. <laughs> you just got to, you just paid a lot less for it. So that's the purpose of the show today. So, We're going to go through our values and our sleepers at each position. We are going to start out with quarterbacks, give you our values and our sleepers there. Then we'll go to our wide receivers, our running backs, and our tight ends. Fuck kickers and defenses. If um, Look, in my league of record, these guys are stubborn, so I don't know if we're ever going to get rid of kickers and defenses, but if you're starting up a league, please get rid of kickers and defenses. There's no skill involved. They, They serve no purpose. They just get on my nerves. Most pro leagues, you don't have kickers and defenses, but I digress. Values and sleepers, starting with the quarterbacks. Who want to kick us off? Shall I? <laughs> I'm a, I'll go. Um, as far as my values and sleepers go, I have right now for my values Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. I know a lot of flat is going to be on Aaron Rodgers, right? A lot of people are going to say Devontae's going this and the third. I think, you know, for me personally, He's rated as a 10 right now, ADP as a quarterback. Um, we have to think, like, you, when you look at his statistics, he's never going to flash you as the 5,000-yard passer. Um, he's not going to wow you with, like, some of these numbers that you would put, you know, that's pretentious and now make him a higher-value player. 
what you get out of somebody is he's going to amass a lot of touchdowns and he's not going to hardly throw any interceptions. He's always number one or at tops in passes that's, you know, that, that leads to interceptions. He's always going to be higher in that metric. This offense, believe it or not, wasn't quite made for uh, Devontae Adams in a sense where if you look at what they did in Tennessee and where Tannehill was most successful, they didn't have a big bevy of virus. This number one guy, this big guy is more so, you know, you know, matriculated through the run game and the power of run offense and things of that nature. I feel like they have just enough talent. I ain't saying they got a lot. They got just enough talent to where he can pay off that uh, value at 10. And considering where you'll get him in the draft, if you're somebody who forgoes the quarterback or you need a one quarterback team or anything like that, that's going to pay dividends because you already know his floor. He's averaged at least 17 fantasy points a game for his entire career. Who do you think is going to be the beneficiary of him being that good? We see the wide receivers that they're going to trot out there. Somebody has yeah. to catch the ball if Aaron Rodgers is going to be anywhere close to his norm. From what I'm what I'm hearing now, I think Dobbs might emerge. I don't think he starts, but emerge as one of those guys. He's been one of those players who's done very well throughout camp, but most impressively, I think he has right now out of all of them the most potential um lazard is still lazard but i think it's one of those games where we're gonna see we're gonna have see lazard have a big game we're gonna see dobbs have a big game we're gonna have sammy have a, a you know i think each of no one's gonna have outstanding numbers but i think when the dust settles dobbs can emerge um his top receiver i would favor tungan to kind of go back to that form a few years ago where he had 11 touchdowns i think once he comes back with a full bevy of health he's going to be someone that's going to be highly productive at the tight end position and then for Derek carr really quick i'm at uh, qb 14 i think that's too much value for somebody who you know for all the additions that they made to this team and josh daniels at qb 14 we can definitely see him climb within the top 10 as far as performance as far as my sleepers real quick uh two and mac jones if you're a numbers guy and you really kind of go behind what's been going on with them Tua played really well despite how horrible he looked if that makes sense um just looking at it he had the highest clean pocket completion rate uh the highest completion of throws beyond 20 yards the completion, uh, highest completion rate inside the red zone. Can I retort just really quick? Mm -hmm. It's easy to have a really high percentage if you only throw it if they're wide ass open. So if you only got like five balls beyond 20 yards and they're wide open, then your percentage should be pretty high. He, he doesn't take the risk very often, but I digress. Go ahead. That leads us to the next part of it. Now you get Tyreek in town to true, go along true, and compliment true. to Waddle and all those skill sets. It's just saying like when you look at it for a QB 16, for him to already be as efficient like you said with the ball as is i think it's a tremendous upside doing mac jones it's the same thing more or less where the highest you know the sixth highest passer rating 67.9 completion percentage the fourth highest completion under uh, pressure the highest completion inside the the red zone for the sixth highest and then i'm looking at Devontae parker you got thornton and you got christian wilkinson on top of what they already have a receiver i know like the most disparate thing is like oh they don't have a coordinator they don't have a coordinator i don't think that's a problem i think with the coordinator position how you gotta look at it is that charlie weiss and i think was the main influence of their offenses the only two people that were able to kind of deviate from that was when they you know as far as calling plays was Josh Daniels and the guy who went to the Texans. I forget dude name just as fast. Bill those are the, there we go, Bill O'Brien. 
he was those were the only two people that was like here you can here's the reins do it call what you want to call but by default what got them those three super bowls was that that kind of that kind of play style so it's a lot of vertical concepts a lot of more attacking down the field even in the preseason games you've seen these guys blow past people even thornton like he dropped one and then he went right back to the next play and they found the well to wilkerson on the next deep bomb like this team is going to be more explosive and they're going to look to attack the field and like i said for you look at the numbers and just mac jones approach to the game he's more in shape he he looks like a fucking quarterback yesterday like we used to have that memes of him with the gut and a cigar in his mouth this motherfucker like a quarterback now i like everything that we've been hearing about him so those are my two sleepers and uh mac jones is qb 21 as far as value, the best value for me would be Kirk Cousins. This guy coming in at QB 15. Last year, he finished ninth. And he finished ninth on the team that mostly ran the ball. Now with the new regime in town, it's going to be more pass happy. So with somebody that can finish ninth in that system, going to a more pass happy offense, where you've seen someone like a Matthew Stafford played in last year, who finished fifth overall. Um, now you have Kirk Cousins coming in here. I mean, the last two seasons, 35, 33 passing touchdowns. I mean, he's already a low-end QB1. So now going into where he's going to have more passing attempts, you have Justin Jefferson, who's now maturing, going into that third year. He's going to explode. Um, I can very well see Kirk Cousins finishing closer to the top five this year right here with this new regime. And like I said, QB15, I think he's probably the better value going into this season. He's not a sexy name, but when it's all said and done, this guy, fantasy-wise, the numbers are there. He might not win playoff Absolutely. games, but he will win you Our fantasy games. over when his playoff starts. So we'll right. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as my sleeper, man, I mean, who's better than uh, good old Jameis Winston? He's, Q- he's yeah. QB21. And we all talk about the weapons that Tua has, but hell, look at the weapons that James got. Some dogs. I mean, the news come out that Alvin Kamara would not be suspended this year. Wow. You know what I mean? You have Alvin Kamara. You have the speedy rookie, Chris Olave. You have the return of uh, Mike Thomas. Yep. Well, I had a brain freeze. You have the return return of Mike Thomas, who's arguably – before he left, was considered one of the better receivers in the whole league. Absolutely. So now you have all these uh, skill position guys that's coming in. We all know the gun that Jameis Winston has. After the, the nope, surgery, nope. He had Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, another chain mover. Rock machine. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he, in addition with him, you know, and we've seen Jameis actually throw the ball a lot better after he had his uh, surgery. Yeah, that lacy. Right. Got his eyes right. It, it definitely made a little difference. It made about, sense of why he was overthrowing people all the time. He had, His depth perception was off. Right. So we're talking about QB 21. If you're in a one quarterback league, you're not even being drafted. That's why we tell y'all not to draft a quarterback early in one QB leagues because that guy is going to go undrafted. You can literally wait till your last pick to pick a quarterback in one QB league. Right. So I don't think it's a better sleeper than the James Winston considering his ability and considering that amount of weapons because we just look at on paper the Saints got to have at least a top five team as far as weapons I mean you have yeah I mean you have the Dolphins you have the Bengals you have the Raiders you know you have you know the Niners you have team with weapons but the Saints got some guys like I don't see any team with a more complete team right they have the vertical threat. They have the chain mover. They have the guy that the end zone, the uh, the red zone guy. Like they, they game have, breaking RB. They have good right, defense. Right. So they they, they have they have however you want it. They can give it to you. Yep. You know what I mean. So let's see how it works oh, out. But, but hold on. Okay, I figured out the one question mark. We know Dennis Allen is good at at, at 
coaching defense. We don't know what he's going to do as far as coaching the offensive side. That, that's the only slight question mark that I have coaching. First, I like to say I like the Bengals' weapons just the same as New Orleans. But as far as Carmichael, he's been there I don't for like 14. the defense the same. It de- oh, they, we'll, we'll discuss that off, off the day. <laughs> Carmichael's been there for like 14 years, and he's been an understudy to Peyton. So I think honestly, things just carry on business as usual. So I, I'm I think that even bodes even more well to Vander's point of a sleeper. Carmichael's the same guy that has been that's been with the organization for you know all these years, man. I can definitely see that, and I definitely agree. You know, Winston is one of those guys that he's a staple on most of my teams as one of my backups, if unless somebody else snipes him. But he's one of those guys that I keep back there because he's the very definition of a of a bye week fill in with the potential to have a QB one week. So definitely agree there. As far as my QBs are concerned, Kirk Cousins was actually on my list as far as QB. So I completely agree with you there. If he was top 10 before you went past happy, what the hell you think is about to happen now? So the guy that's a little bit further down the list almost looking at him as a value and a sleeper is Jared Goff. Jared Goff is going to have the opportunity to have more weapons than he's ever played with, even with the Rams. I don't think he has a wide receiver with the same ceiling as a Cooper Cup just yet. A couple of guys may develop into that. Cooper Cup wasn't Cooper Cup until he was. But the plethora of weapons that he has from the tight end to the running back to four deep at wide receiver, as long as he can stay healthy, he will definitely outperform his QB 26 drafting spot right now. And the thing about it is, is Superflex 2QB is becoming more and more popular. And a lot of times we can make the mistake of grabbing too many top level QBs and foregoing other talent. This is the type of guy that will kind of give you the opportunity to balance out your team and not have to worry about, you know, who's going to fill in for the bye weeks because he'll, he'll be that guy for you. But I can see Detroit being possibly the team Every year, somebody goes from worst to first. This is a year where Chicago's discombobulated. We don't necessarily know what Green Bay's going to do. They could really come out of nowhere. They got everything. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm just saying they're going to be a hell of a lot better than they have. That's who I have there. Now, as far as my sleepers are concerned, I love Davis Mills, quarterback 29. This guy came out and balled last year. He had stats that were very much similar to Mac Jones, who had the best rookie quarterback stats, but people still slept on the fact that Davis Mills was right there as far as his numbers were concerned. And he didn't have the opportunity to have an offseason or to know that he was going to be the guy or to you know get those reps that Mac Jones got. It's his squad. He has wide receivers at his disposal. Brandon Cooks is you know steady Eddie. He's always going to do what he's going to do. Nico Collins is taking the next step. So he has weapons is my point. And quarterback 29, I don't see it. He, he's definitely going to outperform that. He outperformed that um, in, in, in what, he, what he was able to do last year. I also see Trevor Lawrence as being a sleeper. I say he's a sleeper because right now he's going at quarterback 20. So he's one of those guys that in many leagues, he'll be a backup in single QB leagues. He'll probably go undrafted. This guy now has a bevy of weapons. He also has the opportunity to have adults in the room other than himself. It's referring to the coaches. He doesn't have that cloud hanging over his head. 
he has some of the better coaches that you can have as far as the passing game is concerned. They have the track record with Doug Peterson of having one of the top 10 passing offenses in most of the years that he's coached. And I just believe that things are going to kind of click for him in year two. So I can definitely see him outperforming the QB 20 spot there as far as my sleeper is concerned. Next up, we got wide receivers. So wide receivers, I'm going to start off with the values. So I got Chris Godwin, Brandon IU, and Sky Moore. I just, so, so for the listeners, like, why my list is a little bit different is, like, I wanted to, like, really go bargain shopping. So I've been challenged. That's why I've been challenging myself with my players. With Godwin, I think at wide receiver 21, people are asleep at the will, and this is a good thing for us and an opportunity for us to benefit. Chris Godwin has been – like already participating in seven on sevens, and he's already been looking smooth in and out of his cuts and running routes. And I don't think he'll he'll be out even past week one. I think same as a similar situation to Dobbins, where he's good to go, but he's just kind of being held back. I would it's no longer than week one. It's twenty million dollars given to this man, and regardless of Julio or Mike Evans, Mike Evans didn't go off until Godwin was gone. As long as Godwin was in the fold. It's, I don't know what he got with Brady, but I'm a, I would want to cash that in at uh, him being wide receiver 21. Somebody could pay dividends depending on how you're drafting. He could be a value to you if you, you know, you go run back heavy, you go, you know, you go, you know, however you mix it up, he's going to definitely present a lot of value in later rounds. Brandon Ayuk, once he got out of Shanahan's doghouse, he just seemed to click. And I think regardless of having Debo there or anything like that, he now has Trey Lance. And it seemed like he always had, you know, a few instances we've seen Trey Lance. Those two has had a great rapport together. So we're just going to ride that out. And at wide receiver at 38, I think he presents great value because Debo is going to still be used the same as he was before. And lastly, Sky Moore is, again, just I, I don't like – I didn't want to repeat players with my list today, but we have – he is, to me, clearly their best route runner um, on that team. I think, you know, the report of him and Pat Mahomes been working on is really going to pay dividends in the season. This offense, I think people have a misconception similar to the giant, uh, to the Packers where, oh, my gosh, Tariq's gone. What are they going to do? It's not even as deep as that. Sky Moore can definitely come into the fold and do uh, relatively well. It won't be to as explosive or dominant, per se, but his ability to get open and separate is just is he's already ready to come into the NFL stage. So those are my values. As far as my players, as far as sleepers, hold on, I got rolled my paper back. Why are you hold still on. using paper, man? What are- <laughs> Look. You know they make this thing called a laptop, a tablet, hey, hell, a cell phone. <laughs> and the thing, look, look how slide we papers right? and shit. Nobody want to hear that. It's like a grandpa. Let that me shit get to, uh, <laughs> Let me take out my legal pad here. What the hell are you doing, Joe? Look, because you know I do. I do this all day, man. When I when I'm not, you know, doing chores around the house. <laughs> so my wide receivers, I went with actually two people going from one situation to the next: Van Jefferson and KJ. And I actually love Van Jefferson. He had wide receiver 67. Again, it's one of those things when you're filling out these teams with all these players we're going to list today. You can always come back to this guy. He finished wide receiver 35 last year. And though he's coming off a knee injury and everything else, he's working his way back. I think it's a lot of good things that can still speak for him. He still finished 20th in route participation at 86%. 
and he finished in top 40 in PPR, um, I mean, fantasy points per game. He's still, he's going to be a focal point uh, in this awful offense as far as being that third receiver. Even those six drops that he had, you know, kind of leading people off of him, even leading up to the interview, like the injury he had, McVeigh touted that as his best practice as a Ram. So I think things are just coming in the right path for him. He's somebody you can take and have a, a good floor as a wide receiver three, and that you can get in on the if an eventual injury to Allen Robinson or the Cooper Cup, and then KJ Osborne. Obviously, you're taking the 86% route participation, and then you slide it over to a guy like KJ Osborne, who's wide receiver 78. Minnesota ran 11 personnel, the fifth lowest rate in the league. So now you're getting it at the most in the league at 86%. But he still managed the 50 reception, 655 yards, and seven touchdowns. It's a steal to get Osborne right now, in my personal opinion. He has great wide receiver two uh Upside, in my opinion, and at 78, again, you're just letting the draft come to you. So he's one of my sleepers as well. Man, I'm going to speak on the value. I got two guys. First, I'm going to get this one quick out the way. What's a better value than DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, we're talking about... Indeed. <laughs> we're talking about a top three wide receiver in the league, and he's going wide receiver 34. Now, I know he's being suspended for six games. There's been discussions on an appeal trying to get it to four games. But, hey, six games in, your season is really just getting started. And if you can get a top three wide receiver in the NFL, wide receiver 34? I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, we, we know who D. Hopkins is. I mean, the resume speaks for itself. I mean, there's no better value than this. So I think if you're in your league and you start off, you know, maybe you're going strong with the running backs, this will be a guy that you can get later in your draft. I mean, you got a wide receiver one when he returns. It's DeAndre Hopkins. What more I need to say? I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's 34. So, I mean, that's a huge, that's that's probably one of the biggest values you're going to find. My second favorite value is Adam Thielen, the, the, the forgotten by, yeah. the forgotten about guy. Joe alluded, spoke on some of the Minnesota things as far as the personnel, but he's falling out of pecking order behind Jefferson. Everybody's Jefferson crazy, but this is the guy that Kirk Cousins trusts. This guy got 24 touchdowns in the last two seasons. I'm going to say it again. 24 touchdowns in the last two seasons. I'm going to say it one more time. 24 touchdowns in the last two seasons, and this guy's been hurt. And you can get him as a bench player. <laughs> he's been banged up. Draft <laughs> yeah, so he's been, right. he been banged up with 24 touchdowns in the last two seasons. And when they get down to the goal line, this is the red zone guy for them, to be honest with you. I know Irv Smith is coming, and usually it'll be the tight end or – the whatever the six four six five receiver on your team, but no, when they get down to the goal line, this is the guy that Kirk Cousins is usually looking for, and it's always been Adam Thielen, and he's going wide receiver thirty. Go get him, point blank period, man. Like this is a steal right here, a complete steal. As far as sleepers, I like the kid Wandell Robinson. Okay, out of the uh, out, out of, of New, New York, York Giants. Giants. I mean, he's wide receiver seventy eight. So he's back there with Osborne. Seventy eight. Like he's way in the back, and you know, looking at practices and things of that nature, they're trying to get the ball in this guy's hand. It's funny, like him and Kadarius Tony are like one and the same. That's why they was trying to move Tony early in, in all. Yeah, because they, they kind of wanted. They knew they got his replacement. Yeah, he's one and the same. But this is Dabble's guy. Uh, they even had True. practices where they was running wildcat with Wondell Robinson. Like there's been practices showing that, so they're trying. That this tells me they're trying to get the ball in his hand any way possible. If you yeah. already run a wildcat and you put this guy back there, you want he's the ball in his hand. He's a weapon. Just a weapon. And he's going wide receiver seventy eight. Let me um, ask you this, Vander. Yep. Strategy wise, mm -hmm. because he's going so late, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so let's set this up. You're in a league that's not free for all, like most of the leagues we play in, where the the, the waivers are just open. 
you want to try to keep your waiver priority as high as possible, right? Right. But on the other hand, if this guy is 78, do I leave him on the waiver and try to make a move to open up a spot and then pick him up? Or do I take him with one of my last couple of picks, even though I really don't have to? You definitely take him with one of your last couple of picks. Because think about it. You don't want to be in the waiver chasing. Right. What right. if we... Because this is the kind of guy he may. I'm not saying he's gonna go get 15 targets and 150 yards receiving. It's not gonna be that. But if he pop, but he's gonna be one of those all-purpose guys. Yeah. So it's all about touches, touches with him. He can be a guy that gets you 150 all-purpose yards. You know what I mean? So he might not be 150 yards receiving, but it could be all-purpose. And if he goes out week one and explodes, you'll be chasing the car. When you could go ahead and draft him with that last pick, like you said, like he's one of those guys that you can draft and just hold on to with the last pick or so, maybe next to the last in your in your draft and see what happens. It's okay to hold him for a couple of weeks and see what happens. Right. I mean, and then here we go again. If he does blow up, maybe week one, maybe he maybe they do run a wildcat and he he rushed two touchdowns. Anything, Earned. especially with you know what I mean? It's like so now everybody's like, oh shit, who is one? Because a lot of people don't know this guy. Right. Exactly. So now people are like why he's 78. That's right. So now people are coming at your door like, well, hey, what's what you want to do with Wandell? I got uh DeAndre Hopkins. You see how right. that works? Right. So right. see see how it goes one and the same. So they want instant gratification. They want instant success where you could have got a guy that's going to be more more of a, a asset for you on the back end of the league. So sometimes right. people like to see it, they see the boom now. And they jump all over it, and then you can get them with something a higher tier guy later. That's going to be more beneficial later. So you can go; these guys can you know go one and the same. So I would pick him with one of my last picks, hold him, and see how they utilize him. Because look at the injury, the injury history of a guy like Saquon. Right. His backup or, is or, or, or Kenny Galladay. Right, but his backup is Matt Breida, another injury guy. This guy can very well be playing a real Debo role. You know what I mean? He can really be because he's been again. He was lined up in the backfield. Not only at Wildcat, they had him lined up in the backfield. So if you go look at some of these beat riders for New York Giants, this guy's gonna be a weapon. They want to use him as a weapon. So his stock is rising. I know he's seventy right now, but by the time your draft comes around, he may be higher and his ADP may go up. And definitely, if somebody see him on film and, and see him Sunday and he goes, he does something, it's over. So go ahead and get him with that last pick, that next to last pick in your draft. Hold him and let's see how the Giants use him. I rather like what's that term you like to use? I rather be the a day early or whatever thing you like to say. You know say? Day Dollar. early versus a day late. Some something you always use. You know what I'm saying? So I rather be that guy with him. Have him in the fold and yeah. let me see what he shows me. Because hell, it's your last pick. This guy's ain't moving. The, he's not moving the needle on your team anyway. So if he doesn't show anything, hell, release him. My sleeper kind of fits that same bill, but I, I'll start with my values. I'll see your DeAndre Hopkins and I'll raise you Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is currently mm. wide receiver 28. He's going to be in from game one and he has been the number one guy in the league when he was held. That's a guy that at wide receiver 28, you can be getting your wide receiver three that is a wide receiver one, essentially. The other guy that I got is Darnell Mooney as a value. He's the only guy in town for Fields, and they seem to already have a rapport. This guy is one of those run-and-go-get-it type dudes. I'm not sure if you guys saw the game the other day, but Fields threw, I think it was like a 40-yard bomb or something like that. He had a cornerback draped over his back, still caught the ball, no problem. 
I, I really feel like that duo is going to be next up. Darnell Mooney is one of those guys that you can get again a little bit later that is going to serve well as probably a wide receiver two on most weeks and he'll have his wide receiver one week. So that's my values. As far as sleepers are concerned, I had the same thought process that you did for one of my guys. I'll start with the other. These are guys that are being drafted around wide receiver 55 and beyond. First up, Devontae Park of the Patriots. I think he's going to be what they thought they had in Aguilar. And they need a big guy, a, a true number one receiver. And when healthy, this guy has been that. So if he can latch on, we're talking wide receiver 55. You're talking about a, a wide receiver two that you can get at the tail end of the draft. And I have three three sleepers. Um, this one is going to be real quick because it's going. It, it just stands for itself. Julio Jones is going at wide receiver fifty eight, and he's currently healthy. Moving on. This is the guy that I want people to pay a whole lot of attention to. Wide receiver fifty seven. So again, guys that you can get really late. George Pickens of Pittsburgh. Right now, it's sounding like he may mess around and end up being the wide receiver one. He plays a different role than Deontay Johnson, who was the wide receiver that was getting the most love. But because of his role and because of his running, go get it style, and he's mossing dudes left and right on his team and other people's team, talking shit to Minka Fitbit. First of all, let's talk about the Pittsburgh defense. They have one of the better defenses in the league. He's making his defense look bad and talking shit to Minka Fitzpatrick about how bad, about how dirty he's doing. Mika Fitzpatrick is one of the best safeties in the league, y'all. This guy, Pickens, for where you can get him, the same as what Vander just said about uh, Robinson with the Giants is how I feel about Pickens with Pittsburgh. For as late as you can get him and the fact that he can pop week one, week two, and now you have a high commodity uh, asset that you paid little to nothing for, it just makes all the sense in the world to me to get that guy on your roster unless somebody snipes you because you thought you could get him a little later than you know than you could. This is one of those guys that's gonna be, you know, on my watch list. And you know, I'll let the draft come to me. But if I can get him when I get down to that part of the draft where I'm like, okay, now it's all upside, I can care less, you know, what the talking heads say. It's all upside. Yes, I will pass up a wide receiver that is a guaranteed wide receiver four for a guy that right now has been drafted as a wide receiver six but could end up as a wide receiver two. That makes all the sense in the world to me. So that's kind of how I look at my sleepers and my bench. I don't want old guys that I hope to never have to start or if I do have to start them, something went horribly wrong. I don't want those guys on my team. Give me the Robinsons and the Pickens of the world. Give me a healthy Julio for as long as he's healthy. I don't give a damn if I can only use him for a month. I got him as one of my last picks. That was a hell of a month. As long as he's healthy, he's going to get the ball, and he has the best quarterback to ever play the game throwing him the ball right now. So, I mean, these guys are just no-brainers for me. Let's go ahead and get into our running back. Perfect. So with the running backs, I, I chose for my values as Kenneth Gangwell and Eno Benjamin. So short and simple, just going to what we spoke to earlier. Uh, Kenneth Gangwell, for whatever reason, I like I had Miles last year, and I'm just wondering why the fuck this nigga keep coming up in the red zone. Why is he, you know, taking over, you know, 
after Sanders had a decent play or a really good play because Sanders himself averaged 5.7 yards per carry. But anyway, Kenneth Gainwell really, to me, stands out as a value play because we don't know what Sanders' role is going to be in this offense. And honestly, with this hamstring injury on top of, the, you know, the kind of backs they brought in from Kenny Lee Brooks and everything else, Kenneth Gainwell just stands to, to come into a large role. Whether Sanders is present, if he's not present, I think he's going to have a for sure role. And then with Eno Benjamin, Eno Benjamin to me is Chase Edmonds, what Chase Edmonds was to Connor. He's going to give you those receptions out of the backfield. He's going to give you um, the opportunity to run inside, run outside. This guy is just a great talent, and he's already the second running back. Uh, behind Connor, and then Connor isn't always known to be the healthiest person. So, I think for getting him at running back eighty-two is just that's crazy to get a you know a running back RB two with upside bar an injury. So, love Eno Benjamin for his skill set as a pass catcher as well. And then for my sleepers, I have James Robinson and Ezekiel Elliott. So I'm gonna start with Ezekiel Elliott because some people think why would I have him as sleeper? Everybody knows who he is, but he's somebody that's going as a running back RB15. And for me personally, uh, depending, again, how you draft, how you, whatever your strategy is, um, he has the sixth easiest schedule for a running back. And I think that's actually going to be pretty well. He dealt with a partially torn PCL since week four of last year. And quite frankly, this is a bounce back season for him and also a contract year. Um, we already know from DeMarco Murray and others that they don't tend to keep people past expiration. And if he was to show any decline or anything in, in his skill set, it will be, you know, you know, them ultimately wanting to move on from this year. He looks really good. And I think, honestly, finding out more so about the PCL, because he played through it the entire season, it just goes to really speak to what he's doing right now, how good and great of a shape he looks in. And I got to also give Vander for, because Vander shot him out uh, prior to in the show. And that kind of helped me with this decision. He could be my first running back that I take who has the upside to be uh, well within the top 10, but also too, if you're concerned about Pollard, this guy, he had, well, he finished running, running back seven and he had a, he had 66% snap share. So, even with Pollard getting whatever reps he get, I'm not worried at all. And then with James Robinson, it's more so the same thing. More so, but not as far as with the finish, but Peterson already said he views him as a three-down back. And that says a lot because if we know Peterson's track record and anybody who's coached Sirianni, Andy Reid, they don't really – tend. they want one guy, but you can't always hold your hat to what they're saying because they're known to play in someone else. So they made it clear he's a three-down back. Um, yes, it's ET in there, but another thing that we get a lot of times as far as, like, the media and other fantasy analysts, oh, they're going to move him out in the slot. They're going to move him out as this. And they do, but it's like a gadget play, or they do, and it's once or twice a game. No, ETN, even from being a rookie, has always been in the wide receiver room. He's viewed as good as a wide receiver – as some of the better wide receivers in the game. And I think that skill set is why he'll be able to be utilizing this offense quite a bit, but not take away from James Robinson. James Robinson can catch, I can't say as good, because ETN is, to me, in that McCaffrey level. But he's really good in production as far as a pass blocker, a, cat, a pass catcher, and also a running back. I don't think 
uh, Etienne is going to play a huge role as people think. So to be an RB 37, that's great value for me um, as well. I've been banging this um, drum for a little minute. And for you guys, we spoke on like you picking at the back of your draft. Uh, you didn't go hero running back. You went more wide receiver, strong wide receiver core. This should be your target. Uh, one of the better values in all of football right now in any draft. Rashard Penny. The boy is running back 35. Running back 35. Let's speak on Rashard Penny. Last four games last year, he had 481 yards rushing. That was 95 more yards than any other player at that time in the whole league. So he finished with 671 yards, six touchdowns in the last final five games, averaging seven yards a carry, over seven yards a carry. Running back 35. They finally gave the job to him. He's now the running back one. No more Chris Carson in the way. Uh, I'm not really worried too much about the guy, the, the rookie right now, Walker, coming up. He's probably going to get a few touches. But as far as the, the snap share, I think it'll still be a, a large gap between the two. I think you can't find a better value than Penny. Because like I said, with the last four games, he had more yards than anyone in the whole league. And he's shown that he can handle the, the load. Now, whether he can stay healthy, that's one thing. But as far as just being the, the carry 20 times a game and, and hold up, He's showing that he can do that. And being that the lack of quarterback play that these guys have, he should be heavily leaned on um, coming into this season. The best value to me, in my opinion, Rashad Penny. I'm going to be looking for him um, in my league for 100% uh, because I'm the type, I'm going to probably go stronger wide receiver core. So when it's time for me to look for a running back, I'm looking for him. Point blank, period. I, I'm hoping he's my start running back. Value-wise, man, we got some good ones here. Or oh, sleeper-wise, that's my value. Sleeper-wise, I'm going to go with the running back out of Washington, Brian Robinson. He's running back 56, by the way. 56. Mm-hmm. 56. <laughs> Last pick. <laughs> you know what I mean? 56. But this rookie, man, he's definitely carving out a role here in, Ross- in Washington. Antonio Gibson, man, the, the the dog days of summer continues. He's having Man. fumbling issues. He's Did already where he was practicing with the punt team now. Uh, that's already a sign for disaster. If you want to put your so-called this in quotations, starting running back on special teams, yeah, something's going it's on. It's a sign. So Pay he's attention. already he's already been a committee looking guy already, and then now it's getting worse. I mean, he got a guy that's coming. We see him in the preseason. He got us a, a touchdown score, looking real nice, man. Running back fifty six. This 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 guy could very be your starter. So because McKissick role ain't gonna change. He he literally could be the starter. You're right. Correct. He's a big boy. He could be able to punch in there. And like these fumbling walls. So it are it takes one of those to for them to really close the door on you. Like he's already having issues already. If we get into week one, week two, and he put that thing on the carpet, get him out of here, and let's put that big boy in there. So this is a guy that could very well be a starter. On the team, he could be the starting running back. He's running back 56, stream sleeper. And lastly, we talking about last pick. Like, I'm going on record and say 100% make this your last pick in your draft. I don't give a damn. I know we talk about Wondell. We just talked about Robinson. Isaiah Pacheco, Kansas City Chiefs, running back 73. <laughs> 73. And this guy's talking about like he's going to be the damn starter. So we talking about this is we talking about an explosive offense. We talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. We already know how Andy Reid give it up with these running backs. We seen a Kareem Hunt lead the league in rushing as a rookie. You know what I mean? So we 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 know the possibilities. We seen how how a Brian Westbrook 
look in this offense. You know what I mean? We've seen how a Shady McCoy look in this offense. CH already has an injury pass, an injury history. The guy there, Jared McKinnon. He has, up right now, if I'm not mistaken. We have Jared McKinnon, who's also on the team, has an injury history, who I think this guy who's probably going to leapfrog him anyway. And then Ronald Jones, who's looking like he might even make the team due to the play of this guy in camp. The guy looked great. There's, there's been nothing but rave reviews come out of the camp about this guy. 73, man. 73. And can be the starter on one of the most all, the most explosive offenses in the NFL. And even if he's not a starter, as long as he has a role, he's worth the pick. He's he's one snap away from being the man. I know that. So even if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes in and starts right away, one bad snap, and this dude jumps straight to the top. It's a and long it. season. And, that, <laughs> and, this, and this could be an RB1. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to add to what Vander's saying. Hold like, on, hold on. Hold on, Joe. <laughs> this man is running back 73. <laughs> 73? No fucking way. Uh, he was also in the senior bowl. And his hands, he has remarkable uh, pass catching ability. And he's been doing exceptionally well in one-on-ones. Another thing about him, too, he just he's just been uh, take his whole, you know, mindset the right way. The enemy swearing by this kid already. And you know, like, How's pass, enemy, bro? his pass protection. Yeah. It's modest. I think that's that's one okay. area where you can see CH being better. Mm. But I like also like you know it depends on what you want to hear. But the comparisons like to Kareem Hunt and everything, this kid's run a four three seven. Right. I mean, <laughs> catch him, catch him if you can at that point. So I love, I love <laughs> right. that thing. I mean, love it, love it, man. Seventy three guys. <laughs> Seventy. You can very well get a starter on an NFL team. Seventy three. Mm. With Pat Mahomes, seventy-three man. I, I I don't know what what's a bigger sleeper than my that. Team to get him, I had to mortgage my team. What's a bigger sleeper than that? So definitely, guys, in your league, man, grab this guy, and this is one you sit on. Now, this is a guy you sit on. Don't don't get rid of him. You get with your last dynasty, pick, please you, go get him in dynasty. Well, in dynasty, it's, it's over. He's already <laughs> gone already. Well, we'll see, a lot of people don't know what they got, though. A lot of people, a lot of people, like he's on a team somewhere, but you don't know that they know what they have. Yes, definitely make a move for him. I I, I dropped the ball by uh, dropping him. I had him. I had him on my team, and I released. I him. saw. I saw. Um, so I did drop the ball on that. I can't remember what I was doing. I do a lot of drops and stuff, things like that, and I dropped him, and he's gone now. And I didn't see this guy move around for high picks. He on your team now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I mortgaged the whole team on him. Yeah. He, you see what I'm saying? So this is a guy you could have get very he well for free. The whole damn team. You cheap. I gave master. up. I gave up uh, Jamar. Uh, Jamar. Uh, I got gave him Jackson. I gave him uh, which Jackson? Uh, Lamar. I gave him. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was a part of the trade, but you didn't give up. Please, please don't be just. <laughs> we'll talk about that later because you about all to right, throw we'll people later. all the way off track. You ain't fucking give up no damn Jackson for him. He was just a part of the trade. Anyway. So okay. real quick, um, let me add this real quick before, again, for you guys that we, we talk about the different draft strategies. And if you are going the zero running back strategy, these are the guys that will probably be on where well, they should be on your roster. Don't probably. They should be on your roster. The guys we spoke of, uh, some of the guys that Joe alluded to, Zay's going to speak on a few himself. But the, the Pennies, the Pachecos, these guys should be on your team because your wide receiver core will probably be nuts. So more than likely, your skilled guys, your tight end, you probably have the better in your league. And if you can get these guys to get those jobs and become starters, 
you well on your way because now you have guys that was maybe undrafted or nobody was paying attention to and now they're giving you RB1, maybe low RB1 production week to week and you already have these elite wide receivers on your team. So you're definitely well on your way. Spot on, Vander. And the guys that I'm about to talk about fit that same bill. As far as values are concerned, one of the best values that I see right now is A.J. Dillon at running back 24. With what's going on with that wide receiver core in Green Bay and with the fact that the quote-unquote starting running back Jones is probably going to be spending a good bit of his time as a wide receiver, I see Dillon take a huge step forward. And he's already the goal line guy. He's the guy that the head coach said he saw as his Derrick Henry type. I, I believe that Jones probably only has one more year in Green Bay and they're going to start to feature Dylan. And when they do, especially in this particular type of a scenario where they don't have the pass catching weapons, they're going to be running a whole lot more than they used to. And their defense is actually going to surprise as well. Um, I can see their defense possibly being a, I'd say top seven defense. So they're going to kind of change up their style a little bit to match the best players that they can put on the field. As a value, I also like Ramondre Stevenson at running back 35. I saw an article this morning that was saying that rookie running back, is it Pierre Strong? I think it is. He's looking real regular to be nice. And they're saying that it's not really his fault because he doesn't get the reps. But in the same breath, they're indicating that not only is Stevenson going to be the have the similar role to what he had last year as far as spelling Harris as the first down back. But the third down back that White normally played before he retired is all but his. I can see this guy being a staple, especially in PPR leagues. Think about this, right? Think about what a healthy James White would normally get, but then tack on to that, the fact that he isn't isolated to that role. This guy can really end up putting up around the same numbers as the guy that's going ahead of him, Harris. So I think he, I think their numbers can end up being the same, but this guy presents quite a bit more value. As far as sleepers are concerned at running back, Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans presents a great opportunity for you guys that, again, you know, go you know, wide receiver heavy, or maybe you get your quarterback early, whatever the case may be, and you need to fill in with a guy that you hope by, you know, month, but by, by the you know week four, whatever the case may be, that he's solidified as the number one halfback on his team. This guy may not even take that long. He may go into week one being the guy. And that's with a healthy Marlon Mack. And we tend to forget how good Marlon Mack was when he was healthy. But this guy is showing Marlon Mack, a healthy Marlon Mack up. You can literally get that entire backfield, get Pierce and get Marlon Mack as far as sleepers are concerned. And now, whichever way the wind blows, whoever gets the job or if there's an injury or whatever the case may be, you have that running back two spot of those two starting running backs spots solidified no matter which way it goes. The other guy that I have that's in a similar situation going at running back 50 is Tyler Allegier of Atlanta. Here's the thing that you got to take into account, right? What we saw down the stretch last year is that my guy Patterson, he kind of started to wane a little bit down the stretch. I mean, and, and actually, I, I do think Cardale Patterson is a value as well, where he's going right now. But he started to wane a little bit down the stretch. And he's a smaller guy. You know, he's been a special teams guy 
all of his career pretty much other than last year, I can see the bigger, stronger, younger, fresh-legged Allegier coming in and actually being the running back. They really don't have much competition for carries beyond them. Damian Williams is still there. He's he's kind of just the guy at this point. I think he's just kind of there for injury purposes. But this is another guy that you can get late, really late, and you may have yourself a starting running back as you start to make trades. And I suggest if you're going to make trades, you kind of build your team and then you go ahead and you be the first to go ahead and kind of get what's left on the waiver right after the draft. Because as you go forward, there's going to be less and less to choose from. So that backfield should actually be a part of the consideration of your trade. Okay, so when I give up these two guys for that guy, I'm looking at the fact that I'm going to pick up the other guy that I actually really wanted on waivers that could be better than everybody in the damn trade. Like, like you have to really, you have to consider all those things. So, but these are the guys that I think can put you right where you want to be, especially if you get to those, you know, parts of the draft where you're just looking at names and everything is starting to get confusing. Don't just pick a guy because you know a name and you know, you that sense of familiarity get these young guys, somebody, there's always a rookie running back that comes out of nowhere that you have the guys that were supposed to do good. And, you know, they, they do well, but there's always a guy that comes out of nowhere. And it's like, dad, how did I not see that? It's going to be one of these guys that we just gave you pretty much. In all um, honesty, man, these guys should be on your team. Like, if yeah, you're, absolutely. Like, like the strategy I spoke on, the wide receiver strategy, me personally, if I could have it my way, my running backs would be Stevenson, Pacheco, Damian Harris and um like oh and these guys we spoke all these little value guys I would love for them to be my be my running backs because I know that these guys can be starters are going to be starters by years in and I'm going to have RB one possibly output and I already got the wide receiver ones and tight end at the top so my team's going to be crazy real quick um you spoke on Mac a trick I would do if you the type of guy and you're going to have Mac and Damian on your team I would go ahead have Mac because Mac the week one game is against the Colts you know it's revenge in mind I will play him let him go off and trade his ass right at the week one and keep, <laughs> and, and keep the younger guy keep Damien now because yeah. by, by years in he's going to be the guy but just go ahead and some because people like to live in the moment and they'll trade in the moment and I know Mac is probably going to if he got a game penciled on his schedule it's week one it's the Colts so I could see him going to get 102 touchdowns you know what I'm saying? They they definitely gonna make sure he get in the end zone. Most coaches, when you go against your old team, they they try. They definitely gonna try to get you to get in the end zone. Facts. So Facts. what if he punched two in? What if he punched two in and he get you 90 yards? Maybe maybe get you a total of 120 yards, right? Maybe he had 90 receiving and 30. Maybe he had 90 rushing and 30 receiving. So he got 120 yards, which is 12 points. He got you two touchdowns, which is another 12 points. He got 24 in a standard league. And you like, damn, Mac is back. And people will come calling. Yeah, here, here you go. Trade his ass and keep the keep the younger guy on your team, and take Mac and go get you another guy of value. That's what I would. That would be a trick that I would have up my sleeve for week one, definitely because of the revenge in his mind, and I know he's gonna try to go off. So I would use that game to trade him. And for you guys that have been listening for a little while, you've heard us say that in many times we may go, you know, one and four, zero oh and four the first few weeks. It's because the strategy is not to pop off in the beginning, but to be the strongest at the end. And a lot of the guys that are going to end up being the fabric of our team, 
are these young guys that hadn't quite solidified the role yet. So when it's time to win, we winning because the guys that almost helped us win are out of the way. And now we have guys that are the cream rising to the top. So when you have those, you know, that solidified wide receiver core or, or and sometimes just depending on how the draft comes to you, it goes the opposite way too. Sometimes you end up with the, the, the top notch running backs and you have to know the wide receivers that are about to take a step up. However, it comes to you just don't, get caught up in the, oh, okay, I see I have another starter spot to fill. I have an open wide receiver spot. Let me pick up a wide receiver, although there's clear value in the running back that's on board, et cetera, et cetera. So if you haven't listened to previous shows, now is the time to go back and listen to them because I promise you there are gems and nuggets in there that are going to put you just that much above the person next to you. And then come playoff time, I promise we got the sauce because if you like what you're hearing in the offseason, the in-season moves – Look, we know what we're doing around here. With that being said, let's go ahead and round it out with the tight ends. Go ahead and kick us off with Joe. Yeah, I'm going to keep these quick. So my values, I have a Goddard and Robert Tunyon. And then with my sleepers, I got Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. Goddard being eighth and Robert Tunyon, what that means, I think obviously it's tremendous value in that. But I want to spend a considerable amount of time on the sleepers being Gerald Everett at Higby, because right now they're like 21 and 22, which is crazy. Both with former teammates, both when or both well, Jared been on two teams now. So relatively quickly, Gerald Everett just went to the Chargers and a low key, the Chargers evolved their tight ends quite a bit. So just some numbers I got for y'all. Again, I want to put more time to the tight ends as far as my sleepers than the value. So Gerald Everett was about to have a career year, believe it or not, uh with Seattle. But then Russell Wilson had to fuck up the finger. Messed my dude up all the way up. But then from weeks uh, 10 to 16, he was ranked as a tight end uh, nine and PPR from that point on. Uh, last year, Cook was a tight end 16. And Cook also led the NFL in routes per snap. And then the target share with Herbert averaged 23%. So let me kind of slow that down and just quickly say what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Cook already was a tight end 16. And he already and he also led the league in routes per snap. We're gonna put Gerald Everett, who was already gonna bound to be broke to have broken out, had Russell not get hurt and put him into the Chargers offense. Already they've been uh featuring him in like with tight end screens, bubble screen. Like they're just trying to get this dude out the ball. And I think uh, it's gonna really bode well because again, we're we're not looking for the obvious name when as far as this pick. We're looking at the upside there is that he's going to a guy who likes to target his tight end. And I think that's one of the feature parts of Everett's you get him extremely low. So whatever your strategy is, you're going to get you a stud and a starter off the bat. Because, again, led the league and routes up her run the snap. Tyler Higby, I love him. It is slight injury concern. I will say that because he is coming back from the knee. But we also got to look at it from just a few points. He ran the six most routes last year, six in red zone targets, and second in snap share. He's tied in 22. So both of these guys, 21, 22, are next to free. So whatever your strategy allows you to do, if you need a, even if, or even if you go into the season without a tight end, a backup tight end, you have two people who are already getting all the snaps in the in the world at their respective position, and you already have a safe floor, and that's why I like those two as sleeper picks. Like it, like it. Ben, the one go ahead and hit us with your tight ends. Yeah, my value, man. I mean, the guy, everybody see him coming. It's been highly uh, spoke about all offseason when it comes to fantasy. And that's the Denver's Albert O. Tight end, back, six. Back. 
16, tight end 16. If you're doing zero tight end again, this is your target. Uh, this guy, I mean, he caught 33 of 40 passes when targeted. That's an 82% reception percentage, which will have him second amongst tight ends. Like, and that's with, with weirdos throwing him the ball, you know, Locke and the rest of those guys over there. Now you add in Russell Wilson. This guy's going to be a red zone monster, in my opinion. I think he, I think this guy can see double-digit touchdowns. Wow, okay. I, <laughs> I, I think it's possible. I mean, because he's not just your prototypical tight end, you know what I'm saying? Like, this guy's a freak. He can move all around the field. They play him in the slot. They play him on the outside. He's an elite talent. And I think with a, with a, with a Russell Wilson, because looking at everybody else on the team, who else is going to be the red zone guy? I mean, Sutton is more of a vertical guy. Judy is more of the route one, the route runner, probably going to be more of a chain mover. So who else is going to be the first on guy? Insert Albert O. I mean, go get this guy. Tight end 16, which means he's close to being undrafted. He probably will be on somebody's team at 16 because some people carry two tight ends. And for the sleeper, man, tight end 23, Evan Ingram, Jacksonville Jaguars. I know this guy, he has been facing the injury bug for a minute but i'm here to tell you man there's no better tight end than a doug peterson tight end i don't know what's uh, what you want me to say you know what that's <laughs> yes yes what else, you, what else you want me a, to say a part of the guard system know the role <laughs> it ain't even about the name know the yeah. role he scored in the preseason game so it's been some chemistry with him and uh and, and lawrence uh in practice to say those guys have a connection but again doug peterson has never had a tight end i think finished lower than like six while he was in Philadelphia. So what are we talking about? Like this guy has a very, a big target share. Like the tight ends in his offense have a huge target share. And I say this guy's tight end 23, extreme sleeper. No one will see you coming. He, Cause we've seen Evan Ingram do well in New York. Like he has a talent. His Achilles heel is his Achilles heel. Hell, his ass always hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing about this guy is not the talent. He's just always banged up and it's always like soft tissue or lower body extremity type issue so yeah something that's gonna take weeks to come back from right definitely go get this guy like i said preseason is usually vanilla offenses and things of that nature but he got involved he did score a touchdown a play that was designed for him a quick quick little pass in the uh, in the uh flats i think i would have him on my team if i go zero tight end or even if you don't go zero tight end if you have an elite tight end if you do have the kelsey or the pits in the world this is a hell of a bye week tight end a nice fill-in. I mean, he's tight end 23. Nobody's going to pick him. And like I said before, it's Doug Peterson, man. You got to get Doug Peterson tight ends on your team. And I'll go ahead and wrap it up. I do have one each for tight end. My value tight end is none other than Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry tore it up when he was with the Chargers. He's tearing it up with the Patriots. Hunter Henry right now is tight end 14. So to put that in perspective, once every team has drafted a tight end and three people draft a second tight end, he's still there. Last year, he was tight end nine with a rookie quarterback. This guy is a red zone phenom, and he was already top 10 last year. That relationship between he and Mac Jones is only going to get better, and they continue to look. You got to remember, in that Patriots offense, again, know the role that not it doesn't even matter what the name is but know the role the tight end always has a prominent role and so does the slot receiver that isn't going to change anytime soon so i definitely see hunter henry as a value my sleeper barry i think i got you beat because my sleeper is tight end 25 
Mm. And he is the only, again, I say only guy that has gotten rave reviews out of camp on his team. And that is none other than Austin Hooper. Right. Austin Hooper is going tight end 25. When you're talking last picks, that that's that guy, right? So he already has a rapport with Ryan Tannehill. He's right now the best pass catcher on the team, according to the quarterback. So don't at me. I'm telling I'm telling you what Ryan Tannehill said. If this guy is going to be a go-to guy on the team, and we've seen this team utilize the tight end heavily when they had the right guy there, and he's one of the only pass catchers with a starting role that is getting rave reviews, and you can get him for free. He is the very definition of being slept on, in my humble opinion. Definitely one of my favorite tight ends if you're going zero tight end as well. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. To our listeners, uh, we have our redraft this Sunday in the league that me and Zay is in. And we'll let Can't you know how that, we'll let you know how that <laughs> goes, man. I'm picking ninth in a 10-team league. So you know what time it is, man. Like, <laughs> we, and, and Joe, we definitely, you know what I'm saying? Let's definitely let know how that shake out. Let you look at the team, man. But I'm a, you know, Sunday is going down, 8 p.m. Eastern. Can't uh, wait. <laughs> Yo, so we will holler at you guys next week. When the season starts, things are going to switch up just a little bit because we are going to try to get you two shows each week. One that's kind of giving you a little bit of our take on the week and then one that's kind of preparing you for the week to come we're definitely going to enjoy doing that bringing you all the information that you need to know thank you for sticking with us we are steadily growing thank you for being a part of the fantasy football theme family and we out